The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American, Johnny Junta. We are joined with a special guest, man. I mean, saying this guy's electric would be an understatement. He is one of the hosts of the Compound Podcast. He is Detroit Tigers infielder, Zach Short. How are we, brother? Good, man. Appreciate you getting me on. And I had, okay, so I was going to tell you this before the podcast, but I needed to do it when it's recording. So funny story here. So sometimes what I'll do is if I really want a guy on the podcast, I'll DM them. I did it with Adam Frazier, humble brag. He was on the show. I'll DM him. And then if he doesn't see it for like two months, I'll delete it. And then I'll just pretend that the DM just never existed. So what happened with you was how we connected was uh, Crides was on the show and you liked the pictures. I was like, holy shit, Zach short like this. It's time to fucking re DM him. Funny story. I DM'd you. I was looking at it. I DM'd you like last year in March. You didn't read it. Didn't answer. So I was like, I'm going to unsend this. And it hide the embarrassment, and then I'm gonna DM him again like this was the first time. So and look what and and look what happened. Look what transpired. So people out look. there, a lot of a lot of people reach out to me and say, Johnny, how do you get these big guests? How do you do this? How do you do that? There's a little tidbit. I mean, I'm not gonna do a seminar for you, but there it is right there. But I will. I, I also I also wouldn't say I'm the biggest of guests, but well, no, you're you're a big guy. I mean, obviously the compound podcast is electric. Um, you're just, I mean, you're grinding the content game. So let's go into that for a second. I mean, how hard is the content game and is podcasting considered a sport? Oh, that's a good question. Um, the content for us is honestly pretty easy. I would say, I'm not saying it's the cream of the crop, but I mean, the way that our relationship, Dakota and I specifically, you know, we've known each other for a really long time and we're very close. It kind of just just flows and Ian Hap is just kind of there to moderate you know he'll make up a topic and me and Dakota are there just going off on tangents and Ian is there just to make sure that we don't go too far off on tangents but Ian's great obviously too don't get me wrong but you know Dakota and I could get going if Ian wasn't there and I would say it definitely is a sport I'm saying it's a sport it is a sport so like I'm in the trenches here I mean we've been we've done like I don't even know how many episodes we've done it's been two and a half years haven't missed a Thursday episode it's just, it's an absolute sport, the networking aspect of it. It's a grind. I mean, you come across as like a little weasel girl trying to DM these athletes, try to get them on the podcast. This is what we do. I mean, it's just an absolute grind. Well, has there been a moment 
where you were almost like, man, I don't know how the fuck I could do this anymore, like podcast and play baseball. Like, is there moments where you're just like, I, I can't do an episode this week or we're going to like gas an episode? 100%. And it's tough, especially with um, three of us who were on three different teams in three different leagues sometimes, Yeah, you know, I, and three different time zones. And it's tough. But like last night, you know, Ian is part of the um, – He's a union rep, so he's down in, t- in Dallas right now listening to all the CBA stuff. And we had to record at like 10 or 11 last night. And, I mean, my eyes were barely open, you know. And yeah. it's a grind, like you said, filling the content, getting guests. And we've done a pretty poor job of getting guests recently. Um, and it's tough because, again, you're trying to find a schedule. It's the off season. Guys really don't want to do it in the off season or on the off day. It's just kind of – I don't know. It's weird, man. It's – but when you get somebody, you know the feeling. They answer the DM or you have a mutual friend. It's awesome. Yeah, that's how I've been. I mean, like I said, like that's how I've been lucky with the mutual friends I've gotten on the show to get the big guests and all that kind of stuff. But what, like the, the hardest part that I find is that like in season, it's honestly, it's like I said, that's when it's like the hardest time because you have guys that have to be at the field at a specific time. They can only do certain times and all that kind of stuff. Who would you say is like the Mona Lisa guest that you've had so far? Like the biggest guest. Mm. Cause Ian Hap's pretty, I mean, obviously he's a co-host with you. I fucking love Ian Hap. So who's like one guy that like he's got you or, cause I mean, you guys have talked to Chris Bryan, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he's great with those because they're all his friends from the big leagues. Um, but I think the beginning of it, when we started it all, when we were in at the compound in Arizona, there was nothing going on at the time. So we had the access to kind of just message or reach out to somebody. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. I got nothing else to do. I'm on lockdown. So, you know, we had Jeff Garland. We had um, Jeremy Piven, you know, guys from just not sports. And it was really cool to hear about them. I, I can't put my – I don't know if I can put my finger on something like the best, but I think the beginning was really intriguing because it was different. But my personal favorite was Josh Donaldson. Yeah, that's a guy. And also, I don't know if you see on Twitter, Josh Donaldson, he's going to come on this podcast. I don't know what this – I mean, he hasn't tweeted in a while. So I did this funny video of me, th- someone throwing water in my face. My stuff actually throwing water in my face saying making yeah. it rain. So, like I said, Josh Donaldson will come on the show, people. A lot of people are asking me, it's going to happen. I just have to wait. And the co-host part is a very intriguing part, like a very cool part that you mentioned because a lot – like some people say to me, like, should I do a co-host? Should I have a co-host? All this kind of stuff. It is borderline next to impossible to, like, actually find someone that – at like the snap of a wrist, is, uh, snap of a finger is going to just be able to like hop on and do an interview with you with a guest because the guest times are impossible, right? Like it's insane. Right. Yeah. And especially the bigger they are, you know, they have a bazillion things to do. The last thing they want to do is sit on, on a zoom for 45 minutes to an hour. You know, yeah. they got way more important shit to worry about. Yeah. So let's go. I mean, okay, so let's go into your career now. I mean, you went to sacred heart. I'm like I said, I'm from Toronto. Is, is that a big baseball school? Like I'm or what? What's I mean, the deal with it's that there? It, it's probably in the lower to lowest um, Division One conferences. I would say, you know, our conference, the Northeast Conference, doesn't really have many powerhouses. Just a bunch of you know Northeast grinders, really. Blue collar um, guys. Yeah, you know, we. Uh, yeah, speaking of you know blue collar, I didn't have we didn't have a field on on campus. I had to wait until 11, 12 o'clock at night to go into the uh, like student gym where we had a drop down cage and I had to wait for the, the fencing team to get done with practice at 11 or 12 o'clock at night. If I wanted to hit extra, we didn't have a hitting barn, you know, where 
you know, you're playing with guys in pro ball who are like, wait, you didn't have a hitting barden that had 24 hour access. And I was like, no, I had to beg the janitor to let us stay in an extra 30 minutes. Yeah. Same thing with me actually. Right. No. So you know how it is. And I think, you know, like you said, that blue collar school. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big school by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, no, it's uh, I remember, dude, that just gave me crazy flashbacks because I remember when I was in Juco, Nebraska, we would like just drop down the cage. We'd have to like roll out these literally we had to roll out the grass, like roll yeah. out these grass mats and then hit and then put the cage back up, tie the cage around like the, the metal bearings and then lift it up. It was an absolute nightmare. So, I mean, were you like the big dog on campus at that school getting drafted? I mean, obviously, like I, I said, you saw a powerhouse, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I was a big man on campus. I was 140 pounds going into freshman year of college. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's only been three of us to play in the big leagues. And the other guy, you know, he's my teammate now with the Tigers, Jason Foley. So that was pretty cool. Um, getting traded the Tigers and playing together with him in the big leagues was awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's baseball is such an afterthought at that school. So it's Nobody really cares who you are. I look like anybody else. I look like some average Joe. So nobody knows who I am. Are, is it gonna is there gonna be like a Zach Short field potentially going on oh, there no. once you sign that ticket? Oh no, we I'm gonna vouch for it. Like I said, I told <laughs> you previously, we pump guys' tires on the show. I love There's it. gonna be a Zach Short field going on at Sacred Heart. It has to. If you like, uh, yeah, if you keep if you keep buzzing, you keep playing in the major leagues, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. We'll we'll see if I can get off my wallet and and put a little bit donation in there to get those initials up there. You know. Yeah, it'd be incredible. You know what? We'll fund it. We're gonna start a GoFundMe. We're gonna get this. We're gonna get Zach Short Field at Sacred Heart because it's incredible. It's uh, insane to me. Like it's a D one program, and obviously I'm just, like they don't have the funding. I'm assuming, but there's no hitting facility for like the hitters. Like it's it's crazy. Like the demands that are, is asked for. You guys do you guys face powerhouse schools? Like do you guys travel to like SEC schools? Yeah. Like that? Yeah, so you like I've played like my opening series freshman year was against Tulane. We played LSU. We actually took two out of three from Tulane. We should have swept him, lost on a walk off. Holy shit! Um, we've played Southeastern Louisiana. We've played Washington State. You know, and you know you get your asses handed to you. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I mean, it's part of it. You get it, you know. But it's so hard to not like, especially when you go to LSU. Everyone's taking pictures of the field. You know, it's like. We're playing against these guys. What are we doing? Like, why are we holding these guys to such a high standard? I was such a stiff when it came to that. I was like, I didn't take any pictures. Like, what the fuck are we doing? You know, like, yeah, the first second when we get there. But, like, I don't want the other team seeing me taking pictures of them. It's like, we're competing against each other. We are the same age. What are we doing? Yeah, no, it, it definitely puts it, like, glorifying it. What I compare it to is, like, when a team faces Alabama in football and like every single person's Instagram story is of the Alabama stadium. It just, obviously it's, it's a sick experience, but at some point you're going to have to be like, listen, man, I can take a picture when I'm a fan, not when I'm right. a fucking player. Right. So, I, and I agree. This guy yeah. who I'm taking pictures of right now is trying to strike me out on three pitches. Yeah. Sorry. True. Did, did you guys face Zach, our, our, our guy, Zach Hess? What are you like? No, I think he, I'm pretty sure he was too young. I went there my freshman. Yeah. So, I mean, I went there my freshman year. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know, I know Hess is, he, he's a big LSU guy. I think he's actually a legend there. I don't, yeah. I don't know what the exact, uh, do you know, do you know Hess? I do. Yeah. I met him this year in spring training. Good dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great dude. I love him. Really good no, dude. Yeah. I know. He's a good dude. And then the next thing I want to talk about is you get drafted, obviously 16th round of the Cubs. You guys start that podcast. One thing about the podcast is, which I think is a mass thing you guys are missing here. I could be wrong on this. 
why is it the D the Detroit Tigers logo in the compound? Has that something you brought up? Have you brought that up? I have. I have brought it up. And it's kind of just at this point, you know, they got my hat in there after a while. They got my hat, which was great. Um, But I've said that. I was like, why don't we, because we have the C. It's like, why don't we make the D? Like, what are we doing? And it's on the end too. It's like very visually pleasing seeing the C and the D, right? Yeah. You know, you pick your battles. It is what yeah. it is. My face is there with the Detroit hat. It is what it is. I can respect that. I can definitely respect that. So you, I mean, and we want to talk about grinding in the minors. I mean, I think you played at every single level. Is that correct? All the way from Myrtle beach to Toledo. And I always do this on the show. We always have a funny minor league story of the week. We've had guys. And I always say this guys climbing light poles with machetes. We've had fans threaten to kill someone after a game, wait at their bus. What is your minor league story that you've had? That is just absolutely fucked. I know I'm putting you on the spot here. I should have mentioned earlier. But what's that one story that you have that it's just like when you hear minor league story, it's just boom. This is the first story you resort to. Uh, Minor league story. More so when I think of minor leagues, I just think of a teammate sleeping in like the laundry room, like legitimately (laughs) on purpose. Like that is his room is the laundry room or like in a closet. And it's like it sounds so crazy, but it happens everywhere I bet. You know, yeah, and no. another thing that happened to me when I was in double A, we we're in Montgomery. I'll never forget this. It was kind of really weird. I don't, it's not even have to do with minor leagues. It just happened. I happened to be in double A when it happened. But uh, my parents were at the game. You know, I was going to say hi to them after. And some guy like shakes my hand. And he was like, hey, great job. And like, wouldn't let go of my hand. And he, I was like, oh, thanks, man. Like, whatever. <laughs> and he was like, remember my face. I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> And my dad heard it and he was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you know, and I didn't, I didn't sleep for like two days. I was like, what is going on? No, that's, that's actually, that's like borderline. That might be like yeah. a serial killer shit. Like that's right. Crazy. And I, yeah, I didn't really understand it. I was kind of thrown off. I wasn't a fan. And maybe we could discuss this. I mean, the one thing that I love both the minor leagues are, and I say this on every show is the little stupid incentives they do for the fans, like a strikeout hitter um like a home run inning or some shit like that why doesn't major league baseball do that like for instance when you guys come to toronto let's just say i have a gripe against them Derek hill because he robbed my 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 boy kevin smith kevin 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 smith like three times yeah i i was i watched all those games i was at two of them let's say Derek hill strikes out the whole fans get like either five dollars off a beer or like a like just something along those lines why doesn't major league baseball do a beer batter like a strike you know You know, what's funny is like anybody who says like, oh, I didn't even know that I was a strikeout batter of the game. Like you're a liar. You know it because (laughs) all 15 people, I'll never forget. We were playing in Jackson, Tennessee, Jackson, Mississippi. I don't know who the Jackson generals, either Mississippi or Tennessee. I don't know. There's like legitimately 15 to 20 people (laughs) at each game. And every day they'll have a taco strikeout guy or whatever. And they'll just scream tacos. And it's like, you see it when you're stretching like, and today's tacos strikeout batter is Zach short. And you're just like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. You don't you know? want to and be that guy. Could you imagine in the Rogers center with 40,000 people screaming to get you $5 off a beer? Like, yeah. Especially when fuel. it's a sixth or seventh inning when it's the last call. Nightmare fuel, absolute no. nightmare fuel. It's just, you just hate to see it. No, but what's one minor league town that you visited where it's like, man, why the fuck am I here? Like, what am I doing here? And listen, we've had, there's actually one town that I might be getting a cease and desist from, maybe sued. Beloit, Wisconsin. I don't oh, know if you've been there. You've been there? there. Okay, no, thank God. Go because I believe we were talking shit about them on one podcast with a guest we had. 
and like they're, they're like they're not a minor league team anymore and like people yeah. are like literally like i'm not getting pl- complaints about it but some are saying we murdered the beloit whatever they're called so yeah what's one town like that for you burlington i'm sure you've gotten that one before <laughs> yeah too. we've got that one too yeah the only positive about that place is that you stay in a casino which is pretty cool that's all day that's you know, and all they day. give you they give you your meal money as you're walking off the bus. So you're just like, right. and we got there at say nine or ten in the morning for a seven o'clock game when we when we drove in. And we were like, I'm going to the casino. I'm not going to lay down. Like, fucking cares. <laughs> That's so this sick. is fun. You know, you're making the best out of Burlington, Iowa, or wherever. I think Burlington. it's in Iowa. I don't know oh where it is. Oh my god, dude, that town sounds like. I mean, I. I don't know how some of you guys did that shit. Obviously, I went through in the trenches playing Juco in Nebraska, but it's like some of the shit you guys go through. And we're talking like – we're not talking just – you guys are not like a little fraud Juco hitter like me. We're talking like guys like Spencer Torkelson. That's sleeping in two-star hotels. Like, it's crazy, dude. That's what I say all the time. You know, guys get drafted from LSU, from Arizona State, and they're flying charter to play a weekend game. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, you got drafted. Congrats. That's awesome. Now go take – a 13 hour bus drive with three people sitting in a two row seat, you know? And it's like, how, how does this add up? Yeah, it doesn't, it it does. It's serious. And honestly, I'm a big hockey guy also in football. Could you imagine putting like a guy, like, I don't even know how to say like Steve Stamkos on the lightning when he's like a 19, 20 year old, just imagine just throwing him in the mix at like a two-star hotel after this guy's lighting up like the OHL. It's just crazy. it, It just does not make sense. It's not, very smart investment, if you ask me. Yeah, and, and you guys are investments. As, right. as fucked up as that sounds, like you guys are legit investments. Like, well, they, especially yeah. you, you know, you're throwing eight million dollars at Spencer Torkelson, like you said. You know, you yeah. really want him sl- sleeping at a red roof inn? Yeah. Do you want him sleeping with like? And Tyler Matzik said a fucked story. It's actually on his Twitter. He was sleeping at a hotel when he and he's this guy, Tyler Tyler Matzik is one of the biggest prospects in California at the time. He was sleeping at a hotel in Cal, and I don't know where it was when he was with the Rockies. And he lifted his bed sheet, and it was just like his bed was covered in blood. Like we're talking, it like a legit murder scene in blood. I was going the. I would thought you were going bed bugs because no. we've had that one too. And I think blood is worse. Yeah, blood's way worse. But so, what do you guys do, for instance? Because obviously, you're a guy. I mean, you're you're a blue collar guy. You're from from New York, from the where, like around the area where I'm from. What's what what is your first resort? Because my mom would immediately just buy new bed sheets and just say like, "You're taking these on the road with you." Is that That's is that right. is that in your arsenal? Yeah, and I haven't knock on wood experienced any of that, but like we had guys, there was they had bed bugs called down. They said, "Oh my god, we're so sorry. We'll switch you to a different room." They had bed bugs, and they were like, "Fuck this! I'm going to a different hotel." And they booked a different hotel down the road. Yeah, and you just and- look like you look like a clown though doing that. That's the thing. Like if you're talking about that. Then your teammates can obviously the, the chirps start flying in like this guy's like high maintenance, all that kind of shit. But Matzik even said it like he was like, I was bougie for that night. I bought another hotel. Like, right. it's just you got to respect it. Yeah, 100 you know, percent. Nobody wants to do it in the first place. Why are we doing it now? Yeah, it's just, it's just bananas to me. So I, and then obviously you're with the Tigers. You make your debut. I actually, I didn't even realize this. I saw you. Obviously, I went to all the games that Kevin was playing in. I was with his family and actually that series was absolutely electric. Yeah. The Simeon botched throw to first base, which honestly I get bad. Dream. I will. You'll never forget that. Right, dude. That was, that was the weirdest thing. I was on deck. You so, were. So you saw that. So you saw Vladdy. Like, did you see? Yes. I was right on the first, I was on the third baseline behind the dugout. And I was like, all right, that's game. And honestly, I had an unhealthy amount of money on that game. I was like, that's game. 
And Simeon, who literally won the gold glove this year, two hops, the first phase, I was I'm shocked. telling you, I was like off the field when the ball got hit to him. I was like, oh, you know, I, I mean, uh, I'm going to name drop. Robbie Grossman and I had Legend. dinner with Simeon the night before. So I was like, there's no way that just happened. And the whole year we were like, oh, my God, please don't let them miss the playoffs by one game or whatever. It is. I don't know what they ended up doing. One, like, one game, one game. Again, obviously, you're not blaming him for that. Yeah. But it, it's just like you give him 500,000 more times, he'll never do that again. Never. Never in my life. It was just a, such a weird, like, honestly, it haunts my dreams because I, I obviously I go to a shit ton of Jays games. It just I've never seen some someone that's literally perfect. Like Marcus Simeon is perfect and Vladdy's nasty at first base. It was one of the weirdest sequences I've ever witnessed on a baseball field. It was ever. crazy. And that ever. whole that game whole, was weird. Yeah. That whole series was weird, honestly. Um the se- like I'm pretty sure uh what was it? No, the first game we turned like five double plays. Yes. Um and then I think I don't know who was Ryu or Matt's through the second game. Matt's through game f- two. I because I, okay. I think it was yeah, it was it was Ryu game one, I'm pretty sure, or something like that. Cause I remember it was no, no, Robbie, Robbie, no, Robbie Ray game one, um, Ryu game two, and then Matt's game three, because yes. we won the last game of the series, and that was that game, and that was when Miggy that was when Miggy hit the five hundred. Five hundred. Yes. Yes. Yes, because that was a five hundred game. Yeah, I remember that exactly. You've never been to Toronto, right? Is that you never been? No, yeah, I've been to Vancouver when we were in short season with the, the Cubs and oh that was awesome. But what you know, like going to Toronto, seeing all of it was so cool. And they only had, I don't know if it was 70 or 60%, but, and the roof open. It was less. And, it was less. Yeah. It was, it was 15,000 people. It was right. crazy. That, and that Vlad was- hit a homer in the first game. And I was like, could you imagine this place when Jose Bautista hit that home run? I honestly, like I said, I, I'm a big Jays guy. I get legitimate chills even just thinking about that shit. It's absolutely bananas. Just I and, legitimately watch that highlight once a week. It's crazy, joking. dude. Like the whole, like the stadium just erupts. And then you have like the siren. It's like, oh, dude, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, dude, honestly, and you're going to play in a stadium that's kind of like that too, man, because I've been to a couple of playoff games in Comerica when they had Maggie or, no, yeah. not Maggie, Maglio or Donez. Those fans are fucking psychopaths. So, <laughs> so <laughs> when Miggy was chasing 500, it was probably two, maybe two weeks, two, three weeks, but every home game was sold out. And I was like, so I was just talking to AJ Hinch the one day, like, I think Miggy was up or I wasn't playing and I was kind of near AJ and he was like, shorty, like, how cool is this right now? And I was like, this is unbelievable. Everybody is on their feet for every pitch. And he was like, now imagine this in the playoffs because that's what it is. Every single pitch. It's probably that times 10. And maybe if you want to talk about throwback videos, you want to watch a video, watch the Maglior Donia's home run against the Oakland athletics. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. The walk off to send him to the world series, right? That, yeah, uh, like you want to talk about instant shows. Obviously, I'm a Jays guy, but that video is like you want to show someone like an alien that lands in the universe. You want to show them a fucking a video to sell them on baseball. You show them that shit like insane. Man, he's an urban legend. I mean, Maglio Adonis, I don't even know what this guy is doing now. I've never heard his I haven't heard his name. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's just in a, on a yacht somewhere. What is Maglio Adonis doing? I have- no clue, but I used to love watching him hit. He's so good, dude. His so hair good. is swing. Do you remember that team? And the Tigers have had some absolute wagons of team. I mean, I, with Robbie Ray winning that uh, 
with Robbie Ray winning that site, I think that's all of their starting pitchers when a side five, right? Yes. That's just absurd. That is, that is good? absurd. That's, is, is that, that good? good? You tell me. I always, you is that me. good? You tell me. No, dude, it's insane. But I want to go on your debut. So you make your debut. I believe it's April 21st. Credit to me. This is the Juco brain just fucking firing. You make your debut April 21st. What's kind of running through your system? Because obviously you get drafted by the Cubs. In your mind, you, like you're obviously manifesting. Listen, I'm going to make my debut at Wrigley Field. You get traded. What, what, how awesome was that shit, man? I mean, the debut is, I love the debut stories. Yeah. No, the debut was awesome. And the only thing that was going through my mind was how the fuck do I stay warm? Because <laughs> so the day before it, we got both. So the big leagues, we were at the alternate site and we were supposed to play the pirates. We get snowed out. Um, so they get canceled too. So we obviously were like, okay, cool. Somebody's getting called up for a doubleheader tomorrow. And you know, a manager called me in and he was fucking with me. He was like, Hey, so the week before I went on the taxi squad to Houston and he was like, Hey, did you pay your fucking, um, what was it? He's like, did you pay your fucking room service bill? I was like, yeah, I had dinner once during the game. Like, cause you're, we weren't allowed to stay yeah. at the game. I was like, yeah, I paid it the next morning. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, so why am I getting fucking emails the whole, like this whole day to saying that you didn't pay your room service bill? And like when I got called in, I was like, all right, I know this is going. And then he kind of brought that up. And I was like, wait, am I actually not getting called up right now? And then like, <laughs> I kind of like called his bluff and I was like, all right, why the fuck am I in here? Because there's no way because I paid it. I know I paid it. And then he started <laughs> smiling and I was like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> That's and so old, yeah. So like there was that night, it snowed a good two and two to three inches. Yeah. So the next morning, I had a picture on my phone, whole ground covered in snow. And for me, I've said this somewhere, I don't know where, a big thing for me, like it's just a pet peeve. If the batter's eye is not great, I'm a mess in the batter's box. Like ever since high school, <laughs> college, you know, hitting in, yeah. indoors when there's tape on the wall. I'm like, take that shit off. I can't see, you know. Yeah. It was a running joke in college with me. And of course, my major league debut, there is snow. So at Comerica, they have the bushes for the- yes. uh, yeah. Where there's like the cars snow. are and shit, right? There's yeah. cars hanging there's up there. There's snow yeah. all over the bushes. And I don't really realize it until I look up and I'm looking at Tyler Anderson and I'm just like, this is unbelievable. I'm not going to be able to see for my first at bat. And I get down 0-2 like that and I'm like, this is unbelievable. I end up walking twice that day and I, like, I get in the dugout and I'm like, I never want to hit here again. This is horrible. Dude, but obviously, I mean, it was, it was great. Every single guy that we have on this show says Comerica is an absolute graveyard for hitters. Oh my god, it's a nightmare. Like, and then because obviously you got to see it. You played in Toronto, and then you played in Comerica. Toronto, we're talking this. I mean, launch pad, and then you're going to Comerica. And actually, Jordan Luplo name dropping here. He told me this. He said he's never hit. I think he said something along the lines of he never hit a ball harder, and it didn't go out. Like we're talking, not even warning track, dead center. It's Miggy. insane. Miggy hit a ball, I want to say 421 feet this year, out. <laughs> that's just not fair. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, that's not we fair. Want to hit it, we want to hit it 500 feet? <laughs> that's absurd. That like the greatest – and which makes him even more impressive. Could yeah. you imagine what he would have done numbers-wise somewhere else? Oh, dude. it's Yeah, th those numbers are definitely – I mean – 
you got to add at least like a maybe minimum 100 more home runs to that. Talent. Imagine he plays, imagine he plays at Dodger Stadium for f- yeah. 15, 17 years. Yeah. Oh my God. Where yeah, it's like, 75 yeah. and sunny every day in the ball at it's 395 to center field. I can't wait to see like the ballots when Miggy's like a Hall of Famer and you just have these fucking losers that leave him off it for no reason. I mean, I, we, we want to go, we got to go into this. I mean, obviously, I mean, what's going on here with these ballots? Like you have guys here handing in fucking empty ballots like what are we doing like, revoke his fucking card like what are we doing yeah. here and it's it's really weird i don't know too much about the ballots but it's like like you said what why are we trying to what are we trying to rewrite the script for what like if you if he's good enough to get in you put him in yeah barry bonds you know, at barry bonds right you know obviously you know his situation was weird but i can guarantee you about 95 percent of i'm not, I'm not saying that everybody was doing this is all speculation but during that time they call it the steroid era yeah everybody was doing it no and it's it's just so dumb it's just so fucking stupid and obviously being a guy that you play for the tigers now have you adapted to the full michigan man because listen i might be the biggest university of michigan fan on the planet i'm going to the game on saturday driving eight hours to indianapolis to go to the game sitting god knows where maybe nosebleeds i'll be there have you adapted to the Michigan man mentality? Because that's how you get the fans going. I might be your PR guy. Hey. You start, you start live tweeting this fucking game Saturday. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, I not a big college football guy, just being from New York. I'll watch the big games. Like I watched all Saturday. It was awesome. Yeah. But I'm not a huge college football guy and it's tough for me to watch sometimes. It's a lot. I'm all in on this weekend. It's electric. I honestly, I, I have chills even thinking about this game. I'm so, I'm waiting for this for like t- eight, seven, eight years, and that hasn't yeah. happened. So this is electric to me. So being a New York guy then, are please, God, don't tell me you're a Jets fan. Are you a Jets fan? Die hard. Really, eh? So, are you, so, are you, so you're like Zach, you're like a Zach Wilson truther? Zach Wilson is my favorite human on the face of the earth right really? now. You got to get him on the pod. Maybe that's something you guys could work out. Hey, I'm telling you what, I, that guy, I could not imagine what that man is going through right now. Oh my God. Could not the imagine hate, the hate that he, I mean, obviously it's just all jets guys. You saw it with Sam right. Darnold and Sam Darnold got body bagged all the time on Twitter. This guy, the seeing ghost so, thing didn't help. And that's uh, what me and my one friend will talk about. It's like Zach Wilson, you know, he's 22, 23 years old and he doesn't care. Like if I, I'll watch all his media sessions, like he doesn't give a fuck of what anybody's saying about him or to him. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. I'm here to try to turn this franchise around and I don't care what you're going to tweet about me. I don't care. I'm still going to post my pictures. I'm still going to tweet. And it's like, that is unbelievable for somebody that young being the most, one of the most recognizable faces in New York right now. Just his face is everywhere. The guy can't miss a throw or he's getting shamed for a bust. And you want to talk about faces everywhere. This is a completely hilarious segue that I actually wrote in my notes. The picture we're just, I'm actually going to clip this and put it on Twitter. There's a picture of you. The Detroit News did you absolutely dirty. I don't know if this is you in the middle of a squat or whatever. I'll show it to you. You oh, are yeah. unbelievably low in this picture. It is. I, that I is, might, <laughs> is you know is that, that is? You that's the do? fucking, that's the, that's my debut. And that is the third base. Get low as you can in case somebody smokes a baseball at you. That's the picture. We're going to put the Rudy theme song in the background. It's going to be at the start of the picture. And it's just going to be you right there. Good. That picture is insane. It's going to get – I hope your fans, the Compound fans, get a hold of this and just start Photoshopping it on shit. Like just everything. You want an O-line for Zach Wilson? Just some random That's shit. me. 
<laughs> that that picture is so fun. I mean, that's the first thing that popped up. I searched, I searched your name. It's the first thing that pops up. So I love it. That's and, awesome. And, and you mentioned a, AJ Hinch too. And I know you want to talk about a guy that gets a bad rap. I guess many can argue to certain deservingly so, but everyone in the major leagues allegedly does this shit. AJ Hinch in my mind is a top five manager in the game of baseball. Maybe like top 10, I guess you could say it, he is so fucking good. Like what he, he turned you guys around. You guys were on a, you guys were a wagon for a while, like just a wagon. He, when he can hold, we always joke around. It's like AJ holds court, like nobody's business. And when he, obviously when anybody coach manager, when anybody speaks to you, you listen, but it's like when AJ speaks, everybody's listening, bat boys, clubbies. And it's like, Hey guys, AJ's talking, you know? And I don't know if it's his demeanor or his track record, but his speech in spring training was like, Oh my God, let's go. What was it along the lines of? Like, are we talking like mother fucks? Like, what was he saying? Yeah, it was just like, hey, we're done sucking. Like, it's done. It's over with. You know, we, if you don't want to, like he said this year, he was like, if you don't want to join us, we'll just beat you. Like, get out of the way. We're coming. And it's just like, wow. wow. And it's someone, me, who debuted this year, did, played poorly. And it's like, I'm still on his back, obviously. I'm like, let's fucking go. This is That's unbelievable. So sick. I love you know, and you like, you know, meeting David Ross, meeting Joe Madden in big league camp with the Cubs was awesome. You know, you have Joe Madden coming off a of World Series. Um, David Ross was the catcher in the World Series. And it's like these guys are huge faces everywhere over baseball. And going into the meeting just one on one with AJ was just different. You know, he he's just different. That's the only word I can different in the most positive way you could ever imagine well i don't know if you saw this but dude he's like he was pumping your tires like obviously like you said like the year didn't go as you expected but he's in interviews legit pumping your tires saying we still love zach like we obviously have high hopes for him i want to see him back here and all that kind of shit what did he say to you at the end of the year like are we talking yeah. tire pumps still or what no you know end of the year was weird you know we were trying to get to 500 and we didn't we lost some winnable games and yeah. it's just like a kind of sour taste in your mouth which is rightfully so um, but no, it wasn't really pumping tires. It was like, Hey man, you know, you know what you have to do. You're not labeled or anything Come into spring training, ready to go and let's ride. And, yeah. and it was cool when I got sent down for one of the last times, I think, um, him and George Lombard, our bench coach were like, yeah, like you said, obviously it's not going the way you want it to go, but it's like, you're hitting a hundred, you're hitting 140, you're hitting whatever. It's like, we believe in you and believe it or not, it's like, you've helped us win games. So it's like, imagine what you could do. And I, I'm not pumping my own tires, but it's like, Imagine what you could do when you get consistent and when you learn how they're throwing you. And it's, that's, what's kind of keeping me sane. It's like, I'm not the first guy to struggle in the big leagues, you know, especially yeah. being a rookie and having that vote of confidence from those two guys. It's, it's second to none, especially with all the veterans around you, like Robbie Grossman, you know, Jonathan scope, all these guys were incredible to me all year. I love Robbie Grossman. That's another guy that I've DM'd and like deleted it and maybe sent another one right back out. Like, I, that's... Hey, I'll, I'll shoot him a text. I'll tell him to check his DM. I love Robbie Grossman. No, I, like I said, I, I, I was like a Tigers Jays guy growing up. I know I get chirped a lot for saying that because I'm like one of the biggest Jays guys of all time. I pissed my pants when the Jays signed George Springer. Like that's something I legitimately did on Instagram live. I don't know why I willingly did that, but no, it's, it's insane. And you mentioned you played in Toronto and I had to mention this because I'm a massive, massive Kevin Smith guy. He's a big friend of the show. Um, what the fuck was Derek Hill's problem there? You, I mean, you just can't let that shit drop. I mean, what, what's so, going on with that? Yeah, Kevin's a good friend of mine too. And we've talked a few times just like after that. And when he made the diving catch 
because I think one of them might have been one of his first hits or whatever. It, and was, it was his just second like, game. It was his second game yes. at the Rogers Center. Or no, it was sorry. You're right. It was his first game. It was the second I thought he was already one for one. This yes. would have been a home run or a double to go double, one, two right. for two. Yeah. And it's funny, like when Derek, anything that's hit in the air and Derek's out there, it's like, eh, out. And if he doesn't catch it, and it's like that had to have been a 0.0% catch probability because he's catching that ball. It's and just, and he did, he robbed him again later, like two weeks later. A, a yes, like a legit home run. That was his first career home run. There's actually a video. I have to find this audio. I was motherfucking Derek Hill. I was like, Kevin, I was like, it, it, this ball was gone in every major league park in America. Except Comerica. Yeah, and this guy goes toe-to-toe with the wall, just face first. Let's let's hear it. Can you hear this? Wait a second. No, but yeah, dude, Derek, Derek Hill will always be an arch, arch uh, enemy of mine. I might He might be on the band list from the podcast just based off of <laughs> That's the live reaction right there of Derek Hill putting me in a body bag on Twitter. Cause I, that was like a live recording. I thought it was actually gone. And this guy just absolutely humbles me. So I is tell Dave- you what, he won't be the last person that happens to either. The best way to learn a language immersion living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Is he is he one of those guys that is on the Tigers where you see him in the weight room, he's squatting like 415 for reps, he's fast as shit, he benches a shit ton, he's yoked. Like, is he one of those guys that's like a natural freak of nature? Yeah, I would say more so just like his physique. I haven't really seen him too much throwing around weight like that, but just watching him run the bases is honestly a treat. Like, I'm not joking. It's like, holy shit. Let's hope he gets on first and has to go first to home because it's, it just happens like that. And oh, even from home to second, he, if there is any sort of bobble or misplay in the outfield on a ball, he hits, it's an automatic. He's going to second base. I can't he's safe him. by five feet. I can't hate him. I like I said, I've watched this guy's film. I've watched what this guy does. Obviously, when, when you guys play the Jays, he's so fucking good. I would risk so my good. liver to have him on the Jays. It's like, disgusting how good freak. he is. And, and so the year before, he couldn't even buy at bats. Really? Like he wasn't he was a defensive replacement. He was everything. And this year, same thing. Like he he knew what he had to do, played well, and almost got like an everyday job for the most part. Guys, yeah, good for him. But man. he I mean, got fucked because he got hurt. He tried. Yeah. He actually caught it. He still obviously caught it. Separated his shoulder, whatever it was, and what? it sucked because 
I'm te- you got to see separated it. his shoulder. Separated it or sprained it, whatever. Jumping into the center field wall at Comerica, I'll, you have to watch it. It's it's on YouTube somewhere. Good for oh my god, that's so sick. Good for him. No, but and then you mentioned Miggy. I mean, has Miggy taught? Obviously, like I said, you're you're a rookie. You're grinding in the majors. You're you're trying to swing string together good abs. Has Mizzy, Miggy like talked to you and been like, listen, man, you gotta just fucking chill. Like it's just yeah. it's and just try to tell you how simple it is when it's really not. Like it's one of the hardest things on the planet. Yeah, him and him and Scope were huge for me. You know, Scope sat me down multiple times this year, even during games after at bats. He's like, hey, you know, he treated me like he was like I was his little brother, which was awesome. And Miggy, it's so funny because you know, Scope has Scope's an all-star. Scope has a bazillion dollars in the bank account. Scope has hit, he's just passed a thousand games. So he's played a long time. But it's like something about Miggy, it's like you don't. I'm not saying you don't talk to him, but it's like, just watch what he does. It's a treat to watch him do his early work with one hand with a one hand bat. And you kind of just like, you learn from watching. And I don't, I I try not to talk to him too much about it just because I'm sure everybody does it. But it's funny because guys are like, Hey, don't ask him because he thinks one thing and does another. And he's done this his whole career. So don't try to fall into his trap. Yeah. It's just like, it's like a situation where it's just one of those guys where he has those talent where it doesn't resonate to like a, a MOB, like a non-superstar, like a literally a Hall of Famer. It just it's something that's so natural to what he does, where it's like I can't even. I'm trying to explain this to you, but I just like he just seriously can't. What's no, one? Right. What's one thing you've seen from Miggy? Uh, like, what's the most impressive like feat or like hit or anything along those lines where you've seen from Miggy? Where you're like, how is this guy still doing this shit? When he passed Barry Bonds' hit um, number this year. And it was just like, so every day before the game, the trainer has a, like a Miggy accolades paper. I'm like, all right, what's Miggy passing today? And it's like, all right, he needs two hits to pass Barry Bonds, like so-and-so to pass Lou Gehrig or whatever it is. And it's just like, I am in the same dugout as him watching him do this. What the fuck am I doing (laughs) You know, and yeah. watching him hit the hit 500. And that was something, you know, I got sent down like two weeks before he hit it. And I was like, fuck, you know, I really wanted to be on that lineup card when he hit it. Yeah. And then I get called up like a week before and I was like, oh, my God, he's going to do it. And yeah. just watching him. it Again, you, you kind of think he's a superhuman, but at the same time, it's like he told us how stressed he was, how he apologized. He's like, guys, I'm not having good at bats right now because this is weighing on me. I'm sorry. Wow. And it's just like, Mickey, shut the fuck up. You've hit 499 home runs. I don't care what you do for the rest of your, you can strike out lefty blindfolded. It's like, you're incredible. Yeah. You're still having incredible at bats. You're just not hitting a home run. And he's obviously, he's such a good locker room guy too. He's the best. He is the best. And Every time either getting sent up or sent down, he's like, shorty, you know, like makes it makes a point to say what's up to guys. And that's awesome. I'm happy you guys are like starting to go for it. And actually, because I'm a big Zach short guy now and Cried's guy and all that kind of stuff. I was I was borderline going to tweet when you guys picked up Baez. How are they going to platoon this with Cridler and short? <laughs> I was just going to just because oh. just start the narrative, just start the narrative, so, start mixing it, in the narrative. It's funny, you know, Cryler, we were texting today and we were just like, oh man, that's awesome. And it's like, he told me how he had people reaching out like, hey man, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, I'm fucking fine. He's a generational talent. It's like, yeah. I'd be pissed if they didn't try to do it. You you want to play with good guys. And yeah. it's like, yeah, obviously 
you don't want them taking your job. But at the same time, it's like you want to win. We're all here to win. And if you can contribute, you don't know what's going to happen. If you can contribute at all and he's there, it's like, great. It's awesome. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm not comparing myself to a $150 man, $150 million man. It's like, it's the name of the game, man. Again, it would not be a very smart business decision if they didn't go out and sign somebody. I thought they were going to get Correa. That would have been sick too. I would have bet my house that they were. Yeah, that's actually what so many people told me is like Correa is like it's almost certain because he's so close with AJ Hinge. I thought like I saw that picture or video of them having dinner together or something like that. I was like, all right, this is just set in stone. Yeah, now. I, I thought it was a done. I thought it was a done deal. And speaking about Arb, so listen, I wanted to bring this up because I always are speaking about deals. I always mention to guys that come on the pod, I want to be present in the arbitration deals. Let's let's brainstorm here for you. And we're not talking about on the field. What's the top five arbitration things that you could like counterpoint to these guys about off the field? Like, are we, and I'll give you an example. Like, let's just say I'm a locker room guy. When I'm in the locker room, the team record is so-and-so nothing. We're not talking personal stats. What's five things or even three things about you, your golf game, maybe whatever five things that you can mention in arb that make that put a, like a GM in his, in, in a blender. That'll be like, all right, that's a good point. Yeah, definitely golf game is up there. I will I will pump my tires on that one. I uh, I live and die by my golf game. Um, and, you, you know, I, I think being a good clubhouse guy goes a long way, too, where I think that I do a good job of doing that. I wasn't really the typical rookie kind of, you know, scared to step on anything. But, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going out there with my shirt off going like, hey, motherfuckers, I'm here. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, hey, you know, I got – like I said, I got close with Robbie. I got close with Scope. And it's like, that doesn't really happen when you're a rookie, you know? Um, but I, I think being a good clubhouse guy is definitely one of them. My golf game is another one. Um, I think one more. Ooh, what am I bringing to Arb? Like, are you on the Ox? Like, are you on the Ox in the chamber? Oh, like, my, yes. Ox guy. I, will, I would love it. I, again, I haven't. I'm a rookie. I'm not touching it. I don't even want to look at it because that's kind of the, the one where you're like, hey, you don't do that. Um, I would love to be on the Ox one day. That's so we'll my say, dream. So we'll say future Ox guy. Like, I mean, that's yes. just like a project project. When we're talking projectability, we're talking projectable front office guy, like that or uh, Ox guy. That's what you're going to be. That's such a power move. Yep. That's so sad. And who, how do you designate the Ox guy exactly? Like who's the Ox guy for the Tigers? So one, it, it's weird this year. Um, a lot of guys had, I think, I don't even know who, the locker room was, but this year they had three different buses when we went from, you know, the airport to the hotel. So the position player one, Nico Goodrum was on the aux cord. Uh, he always had those, the portable speaker and everything. Uh, I'm not sure who, I think Derek Holland, he definitely runs everything on that pitcher's bus. Yeah. You know, someone talk about someone who's been around for a long time. Yeah. He, you know, he holds court. He's doing the, you know, I got the microphone, you know, we're, we're embarrassing the rookies right here. Um, that's him. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I don't really think there was a designated guy in the locker room, but I think more so on the buses from the airport to the hotels. You got to take it over. I mean, that's something that you, I feel like as a rookie, I actually, I don't know. That's like a pretty vet. Guy. Yeah. I think that that's one, that one's team. definitely, yeah, that one's definitely got to be earned. You know, maybe yeah. if I went out there and won rookie of the year, it's a little bit different, yeah. but I, uh, I think I did the complete opposite, but we'll see. Like, how does that work in a big league clubhouse? Because obviously, on both the name drop again, Jonathan India, another friend of the show, 
Love his swing. What a is, swing. He's nasty. He's nasty. I, and listen, and listen, you hear me out. And I'll, I'll put my hand up. I didn't realize how good he was when I had him on the show. We had him on the show in like before spring training. And obviously he's, I was like, all right, he's the number three prospect for the Reds. He's talking like, I want to break the, I want to make the club out of spring training. I'm like, all right, fucking, all right, guy. Like, all right. Like I, I didn't realize. So I was like, I was obviously, okay, okay, okay. I didn't realize how nasty he is. He's fucking gross. Like, gross. and, and in, a, in a, in a clubhouse like that, is that one of the easiest ways, obviously in hindsight to get respect from the teammates, like just throw your balls on the table when rookie of the year. Like, I feel like, yeah. that's I, I, I don't know, man, because obviously, you know, winning and playing well cures all. Yeah. Um, but I just think the way you carry yourself goes a long way too. you know, like I said, you're not that rookie who has his shirt off in the locker room, you know, making a fool out of themselves. You know, if you're, if you're grabbing the beer, if you're grabbing the speaker for them to bring it on, you know, I think if you just do the rookie jobs, I think you get respect that way too. And then, you know, not backing down or, you know, doing some, and I'm not saying talking back or anything, but having good relationships with the older guys, I think that goes a long way. But I would also say winning rookie of the year is a pretty good yep. indication. Credit to, that, credit to India. Credit yeah, to India. That's good, that's good stuff right there. Yeah. And so we're going to cut this. We're going to cut this off. Not, not cut. We're going to cut to something else here. This is the first time I've done this on the podcast. So I tweeted, or I Instagram a couple of weeks ago, I said, you can leave a roast in the reviews of me on chart on um, apple podcast so here's the first ever roast it is from pizzle rizzle got that sizzle terrible name not even like what are we doing here the only problem with this podcast i have to listen to a dwarf ramble on about his personal criterions he hit 150 in juco he isn't even the fall american i'm the real fall american this guy's a fraudulent the five foot ten first baseman needs to gain my respect still that's an honorary first one good for that guy. i love that i love I that and reveal yourself, by the way. I mean, put. I said, put your fucking name in the box. I mean, now, now you're just like you're. You're. I mean, you're living me like this is like a crush notes. That's actually incredible. I mean, he came my height twice. Am I? That's average. good. That's good. good. I mean, it's it's tough, but it doesn't have to do anything with the podcast, which no, I don't love. Shit. It's great shit. Yeah, that great is. Shit. That's good. I'll and give it to can, him. That's and good. Honestly, as long as it gets the five stars, we respect it. But that's just an all time first. I mean, just the first shirt from hell. Just incredible. And the second last thing I want to talk about here. This obviously released today. The news about MLB baseballs being different. No idea what the fuck this shit means. I'm not a scientist. But in my head, in my dumb Juco brain, I'm like this. Some balls are more juiced than others. And you could strategically plan that based off the big games. I believe that's what Rob Manford actually said. Like when it's a primetime game, the balls are a little bit more juice than the other ones. Being a guy that plays in the show, humble brag is that good. You tell me he's a show guy. What what's your thought process? Like, what the fuck's going on here? What's your th- I mean, how is that uh, even like I we- mean, I it's it's a shitty between the 2017, them saying the balls were juiced between the spider tack, between everything. There's a lot of issues right now with the baseballs up in the big leagues, you know, (laughs) and I, I didn't, I didn't go into too much reading about the, um, the balls this year. I saw some, some tweets, but I don't, can that be good? Like, could you imagine just playing with a different basketball or different football? No, that's fucking mind boggling, dude. Yeah. I I I don't, it's crazy. And I saw something. It was like, and you just mentioned sports betting before. It's like, how are you supposed to bet? Like you guys, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, you just I take the over. You know, life's yeah. too short to take the under. You always take right. the over. But like, how do you know which games are 
the juice. It's like it's crazy the manipulation, man. I mean, and obviously you get on AJ Hinch and the Astros for cheating and all that kind of shit. But Raw Manfred is just willingly, openly just giving fucking juiced baseballs in primetime games. What does that even mean? Yeah, I, that's even a little, I don't I don't know, man. That's that's weird. That's and, weird. I, and the spider talk thing. So we've had guys that mention like they legitimately know just right when they step in that box if a pitcher is using spider talk. And you were actually you were hitting, but you were hitting in the big leagues before the whole spider talk breakdown, correct? Or like being a hitter. When you're at the plate and you look at a pitcher and the shit that he's throwing, did you know right from the fucking rip this guy's just spider tack? I mean, I hit better with the fucking spider tack than with Bobby. <laughs> uh, but no, you and sometimes you could hear guys like just ripping curveballs, and you're just like, "What are we doing?" That's crazy. And, you know, they're on the mound, they have a glove on, and they're just and it. it Again, I get it. The whole league was doing it, you know, except for I bet you 95% of guys were doing it or something yeah. of it, which is it is what it is. Um, but when you're you're sitting up there and you can't pry your fingers open because they're stuck together, it's like, all right, you know, that's a little bit of a problem. It's yeah, and mind I, I I hate the argument. It's like, well, you guys use pine tar as hitters. Yeah, I was like, yeah, just well, about to say that. I was just about uh, to it makes no right. sense. I, I'm not manipulating the baseball, I'm yeah. not. I'm not having the ball look like it's – I'm not defying physics with the baseball. And we've had a couple – like Nick Kingham from the um, – like who plays in the KBO actually made a good point. He said the balls in the KBO, they're so good that you don't even need spider type. Like it's an even playing field where the balls are actually a good grip for the fielders. It's like it travels. We tried that. Yeah, yeah, we tried that. There was a prototype that we played with in AAA this year. Towards, was it good? Yeah, towards the end of the year. They were pretty like sticky. But nothing like where you could hear like like you you wouldn't be able to hear it when you let go of the ball. Yeah. But it felt different. It's not a big league ball where you touch it and you're just like, holy shit, that slipped out of my hand. Yeah. Um, so the, but the big league ball is really slippery. Is that, is that what you're saying? Like it's not slippery. If you, I mean, yeah, you know, if you pick up any baseball out of the wrapper, it's gonna be slick. But if you touch in a big league ball out of the wrapper or before you go hit, it's like a cue ball. So that's where part of me is like, hey, if you want something to, to have control or have stick, I get it. But, but the rosin bag, though. like Right. A, yeah. I, I mean, you have to have a lot of rosin to get on. Like, and it goes yeah. away. And, like, that I get sense. it. Yeah. But, no, like, I, you know, sunscreen and rosin, that's fine. Use that. It's not manipulating spin rates. But when we go to, like, bodybuilder stuff, it's like. <sighs> yeah, no. The, and I'm all for, I'm all for, the, like, the sunscreen and rosin, first of all. Like. It helps pitchers with control, and you see guys get hit in the head all the fucking time. Like, if, if, if you could take away that aspect where a pitcher has no idea where the ball's going, then fine. Like, listen, spite like the, the sunscreen and the rosin bag is all day. I think it's just a good, it's, it's not cheating to the point where it's like, man, like you have like literally certified bums that are just have like a two ERA in the show just because of this shit. It's crazy. So, yeah, yeah, it's, ins know. it's insane. And then actually, I read an article about you. Um, it said, you're changing something in your swing. What What are you changing? Yeah. Your swing? So, I mean, I've, I've said that a few times where, but it's like, I, I'm just, so I've had this stigma attached to me that I, you know, I pop out a lot. I swing and miss a lot. I strike out a lot. And yeah, yeah, that it's there, but you know, I've gotten away from what I do well and that's drive the ball. That's walk. So like this year, you know, I, I just had a bazillion thoughts in my mind and facing literally the world's best. It's kind of tough to not, 
know what you're doing in the box facing guys throwing 98 mile hour cutters, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, you know, I'm kind of going back to what I did when I was in high school and college and like, and, and, you know, athleticism is huge for me. That's like one of something I pride myself on. And it's like, I've taken away all my athleticism, trying to be so perfect, trying to hit, you know, where it's like, Hey, hitting is hard enough. Let's just try to drive the ball opposed to, Hey, let's try to pick a pick somewhere to hit it every time, or just have an approach or and another thing, you know, like learning what guys are going to try to do to you throughout the game. And that was the most frustrating part. It was like, I had an idea. I had a really good idea of what they were doing to me. And I still, wouldn't trust myself to like a prime example is Kenta Maeda from the twins threw me like seven sliders in a row. And I knew that they were coming and I would still swing at them. And it's like, Hey, trust yourself. You walk for a living. Like you really, and it's like, well, if I get a hit here, I'll, I'll stay in the lineup for the rest of the week, you know, we're in that, playing that the kind mind of, games. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah, you know, kind of having that experience and getting back to being an athlete again, I think that's going to help me moving forward. It's a tough spot. I mean, and and you you and you saw it with Kevin. I mean, Kevin, in my opinion, is the MVP in AAA. I mean, his stats in AAA are insane. And then he goes to the show, and obviously, a little bit of struggle, just adjusting the big league pitching and all that kind of stuff. But he said like some things, like they try to change some things in his swing. But um, he he was hitting better when he just goes back to normally what he knows. Do you kind of find that sometimes in major leagues or in any like professional league where they try to change shit, and then it's like. I'm going to go back to what I was originally doing because that's what I'm the best with. Is, is that yeah. like a- And I can't say enough nice things about our two hitting coaches they had this year because they, they tried, they spent too many hours trying to help me, you know, where I would be the first one in the cage, last one to leave. And they would be sick of me. They had, we would joke around how I had tokens to get into the cage. And if I ran out of tokens, I was done for the day yeah. because we were trying to find something. And that's, you know, that's part of them too. It's not like, Hey, you need to do this. Like we want to see this. It's like, Hey, clearly this isn't fucking working. So let's go somewhere else. And that's kind of where we were the all year where it was just like a constant battle of, Hey, where do we go? Where do we go? And I'm not saying they were saying, Hey, we need to do this. And it was like, Hey, I need help. Clearly. Can you please help me? But yeah, you know, from what I've seen, a lot of coordinators and hitting coaches aren't even allowed to touch guys, you know, like Tork Torkelson, like, He's no, he, he, <laughs> you know, he could go up there lefty and they'd be like, all right. Yeah. You know? he's, he, he's just a once in a lifetime. I mean, the videos of this fucking guy, it's like Tigers fans would just stroke yeah. off watching this dude hit. He's so fucking good. him and Riley green is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. And and cries talk Kreidler too. That. Yeah. Kreidler. I mean, Kreidler, that guy is ridiculous too. And like, we are really close. I couldn't, I cannot say enough nice things about I his, love that dude. What, I, such a good what dude. I saw him, what he did in AAA too, because I guess he didn't hit very well in AA. Yeah. He made AAA look like a joke. He's going to be in the show. And he, and like I said, I will be at his debut. I promised him that. Yes. Like, I'm a big debut guy now. I love going to debuts. It's like an obsession of mine now. I got a taste of it with Kevin Smith. And now just every friend of the show, I'm going to be at their debut. It's so awesome. It's, it's sick. But, and Kreidler, and one thing I didn't realize, he's so fucking tall. Like he is Huge. like a prototypical shortstop that big league scouts like 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 I said he stroke off to is huge. And wh- what was the first thing you noticed about him? I mean, he's so fucking like he's silky smooth. He's tall. He has no business being that smooth in the infield. No business. I think the biggest thing that I learned from him was honestly his positivity. So we were talking today again about the bias thing, and I said, you know, 
Yeah, well, they'd be idiots to not take one of the seven shortstops there were on the market or whatever. And we were talking and I was like, and I told him like, I was like, yeah, I hit 140 and you haven't played in the big leagues yet. That would be taking a pretty big risk for a team that's for trying sure. to make the playoffs. And he was like, he didn't even say anything about him. He was like, and I was like, well, obviously it's not a dig at him. That's what I told him. He was like, bro, he's like, shut up. Give yourself some credit. Like, you know, you weren't yourself up there. You weren't yourself mentally. And he's just always so positive all the time. And it's like hanging out with him. If I see something negative, I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, like, I can't. Can't can't do that around him. And it just makes you feel like a shitty person because he is always in a good mood. He's always picking guys up. And he's what, 22, 23 years old. And I told him, I was like, I was like, bro, you are so mature. And that's going to take you so far what you're learning and noticing now that by the time you get to the big leagues, you've already played in the big leagues for five years. He's such a good dude. He really is. I love Crides, but he, you, he's and the there, there's another guy you guys have also that we've had on the show, Cody Clemens. I mean, he's oh, disgusting too. The best too. He's the he's best. He's so good. He's yeah. so fucking good. And this Great. guy's golfed with fucking Tiger Woods. Has, yeah. has he dropped that to you before? Has he no, he hasn't, there? but I, I would have to assume he's played golf with a few decent guys. Yeah. Tiger Woods, his boys with Toby Keith. I mean, this guy just has it all. I mean, I, I mean, he's, uh, and he's also a freak of nature at baseball too. So, the last thing I want to bring up is, I mean, so what is, so what is that thing you're changing in your swing? Is it like a hitch you noticed or like, is it your mindset? Like what yeah. is it? So a big thing for me, um, you know, I have a hard time of controlling a forward move where it's like, I would just pick up and crash forward where at least, you know, my hands start here and it would just create this huge long thing. Yeah. Like and a long again, swing. Yeah. Right. And I'm trying to hit the ball in the air. I mean, again, people freak out when they hear, Oh, he's hitting the ball in the air. I'm like, no, no, no. Like line drives are still in the air, you yes. know, and that's obviously ideal and home runs are accidents in a perfect world. And, you know, I've just, I want to get back to holding that position a little bit better, having some rhythm and flow in my swing where, you know, if you watch any good hitter, they all have like the greatest hitters have movements, flow. you know, fluid movements, yeah. flow. That's honestly like what Vladi. the cue I'm working now. It's like, keep it flowy, keep it flowy. That's kind of it. So we'll it's see. Not, it's early. Everybody rakes in the off season. So we'll see. Do you watch videos of other guys to like learn from shit like that? Like, have you watched Vladdy film or anything? I like bet that? you I have seen every player in the big leagues on my computer at least once. And honestly, something that's worked. And obviously this isn't a fucking uh, hitting <laughs> podcast by any means. I hit one fucking 60, but have you like seen the massive difference that even a little toe tap before a swing makes? I noticed yeah, that like so obviously Bryson Stott show like I saw it with Bryson Stott swing. Also, he's a really good friend of mine. He does his little toe tap now, and it's just lights out. I tried that last year in AAA because I actually saw that I read an article that Jonathan India did that, and that's what made him take off. If you yeah. watch him the first month of the season, he had a leg kick, and then there was an article saying that he switched to a little toe tap. And that got him going. Really? And yeah. How did it work for you? Like, is, was yeah, it I like too it. hard? Yeah, that, but that was kind of like, hey, my back's against the wall. I need to learn how to survive right now. Let's just do this for the last two weeks of the season. And it was it was good. Don't get me wrong. But I, I it just not, it's not something that I would like to do moving forward. It's tough to control. It's tough to – but I don't know. I mean, you've seen guys do it forever. Best hitter ever, Barry Bonds did it. So, yeah. I don't know. 
And Vladdy does it now too. He doesn't do right. no leg kick, none of that shit. He does this little toe tap. It's just honestly brings like, everything back together, and it's, it's so beautiful to see. It's so beautiful to see. We gotta do a. I don't know if you're st- like if you live in New York, something like that. We gotta do a golf game. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. like I, I, I'd probably get like 18, 19 strokes. But we gotta do a golf game here. What's your Absolutely. handicap? What's your handicap? Right now, it's like a plus 0.5, I believe. Holy. F- fucking nightmare fuel that's i mean i gotta bring the big guns here maybe i'll uh taylor guerrero is gonna be my partner against you he's the he golfs with fucking dustin johnson's brother so that, what yeah taylor Guerrero. you want to get a guy on your podcast that's fucking electric he's a free agent right now this guy golfs he was, with the, with, was he with the was he with the rangers yes i faced him in triple i remember his yeah. name yeah you want to talk i mean hap is hap is scratch too really yeah all right so it's Okay, so it's gonna be me and me and you versus Hap, and maybe someone that's not a stick. I don't know if Dakota's a stick. We'll figure something Dakota's out. Dakota's we'll, not a stick. No. So we'll Love figure you Dakota, something. But he's not a stick. I'm a morale guy. Like I said, I'll pack the biggest dip on the course. I'll have some fucking pints. That's what I do on the golf course. I'm a morale guy. Honestly, like I might have to start a podcast. I was thinking about doing this with like a, a show guy, humble brag. It's gonna be called Morale Men, and it's gonna be two guys that are locker room guys that keep it loose. No one steal that. I might have just gave the secret recipe to the fucking Krabby Patty there. Patent it. <laughs> I'll patent it. But anyways, man, so you guys can catch his podcast, The Compound Everywhere, Electric. Just had Josh Donaldson on, my childhood hero. Um, I appreciate you doing this, brother. And like I said, when you when you come to Toronto, dinner, first of all, we're going to have to yes. go to the Cactus Club maybe. Maybe a rooftop patio will overlook the whole city. And obviously, I'm going to be like, you're four hours away from me in Detroit. I will go to a game. I'll go to a couple games and we'll just figure something out, man. I appreciate you doing this, brother. Let's go. You let me know. We'll get it done. There it is. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Official Unofficial Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.